Show more of your phone calls a little bit later. NFL, college basketball, college football, and otherwise. Another great guest, as promised, Chris Fowler, earlier on college football from ESPN. He's on the call for Pitt Clemson Saturday night. And remember, we will be there in Charlotte with our big tailgate tour. It is the final stop on our 2018 edition driven by Continental Tire. Chris Fowler earlier, Bubba Cunningham of UNC dropped by to talk about Mac Brown and other things. I have a quick coaching carousel nugget to share as we welcome in Mr. College Football himself. Georgia Tech football coach Paul Johnson is expected to announce his retirement after 11 seasons with the Yellow Jackets, according to reports at ESPN and elsewhere. Tony Barnhart joins us now, writer and broadcaster for the SEC Network, ESPN, 680 The Fan right there in Atlanta, also a columnist for TMGCollegeSports.com. Tony, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I am doing well, DJ. We're gonna, good. We're going to get into the playoff stuff, of course, but since this is breaking news right there in Atlanta, when you think of the Georgia Tech football job or the UNC football job filled by Mac Brown or even the Louisville football job vacated by Bobby Petrino still open, um, how do you prioritize such things? Because it feels like this league's best jobs – are at places like Florida State, Clemson, Virginia Tech, and some would say Miami. You know, are, are all three of those, Louisville, UNC, and Georgia Tech, sort of middle of the pack by ACC standards in your eyes? Well, no, in my opinion, uh, the North Carolina job is easily the best of those three. And North Carolina has the resources and the tradition and all those things to be a constant competitor uh, in the ACC Coastal. Georgia Tech, you know, people, I know people are, will laugh, and particularly in the Georgia Tech circles. I'm telling you, they're, they're going to miss Paul Johnson. Uh, you're talking about a guy, and I just saw Chris Lowe's uh, tweet out. He was there 11 seasons, finished first or second in the ACC Coastal in seven of 11 seasons. Wow. Well, you know, I wish, I wish the next guy good luck. Uh, see if he can do that. And Paul Johnson did it with an unconventional offense that people got tired of. I understand that. But, uh, you know, if they go from one and three to seven and four, uh, you know, I thought he was a good coach. Louisville is the most uncertain of those three jobs, David, simply because uh, there is so much uncertainty surrounding not only the football program, but that entire athletic program. And so that, that would, uh, that's one I think you got to tread lightly on. Mac Brown will be 68 years old by the time he coaches the Tar Heels for the next time. Paul Johnson's a guy I've known for a long time. He's only 61 years old, mm -hmm. and yet it's felt for a while like he was getting tired of Georgia Tech, and Georgia Tech was getting tired of him, and he's a little bit of an ornery. As much as I love him, he's a little bit of an ornery personality, <laughs> uh, and if some of the fans were tired of the wishbone and the triple option. What is your sense being right there in Atlanta of what, uh, what got us here? Because 61 by today's standards, you know, Bayheim and Krzyzewski are running around in their 70s in college basketball. Max, the new guy at 67. Paul Johnson stepping away at 61. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that Paul's going to step away entirely. I think. I think he. I think this will be a good move for him. I think somebody's going to come to him and say, "Hey, coach, we want you to do this. We want you to do that, so you can keep coaching." But I don't. I don't. I don't think Paul's done coaching. I will say this. 
if anybody was going to walk away at 61, it would be Paul. Yes. <laughs> because, because Paul, because Paul would say, you know, I'm pretty much over. Let's, <laughs> let's just, let's go do something else. Let's go to, let's go to Lake Oconee, play a little golf. Uh, that would be fine. I mean, I, I've known Paul, I've known Paul a long time and enjoy uh, the times we get to we get to visit with each other, great, great, dry sense of humor, incredible no sense doubt. of humor, <laughs> and so uh, I, I wish him the best. I don't, I don't think I have not talked to Paul. I hope to do so soon, but I don't think he's done. I really don't. Well, the phrase marches to his own drummer. If it was not made with Paul Johnson in mind, it absolutely applies to him well, and I share your sentiment. I wish him well, whether it's playing golf, hanging out on the lake, or jumping back into football. We'll see if it's a true retirement from coaching. According to very early reports, uh, you mentioned Chris Lowe, Adam Rittenberg, also in on this one from ESPN. L.A. Chargers offensive coordinator Ken Wisenhunt, who is a former Mm -hmm. Georgia Tech player, is expected right. to be a top candidate. Would that make sense to you? Yes, yes. Ken Wisenhunt was a great uh, tight end at Georgia Tech, played for uh, Bill Curry, uh, has certainly done well in coaching. But the key, David, to this job, this is a, this is a different job now. Yes. Uh, it, is a, it is a different job. The, the academic, uh, or put it this way, <laughs> every freshman, I don't care who you are, Every freshman has got to take freshman calculus. Okay, yes. So it, it's a, it, it is a different it is a different deal. And oh, by the way, you're sharing the state with a guy who's got it rolling pretty good right now. And and in many cases, Georgia Tech uh, can't recruit some of the same players for differing reasons. Yeah, it's just it's just a really really tough job. There are fans who roll their eyes at me when I say such things about academics, and it's it's not as simple as. What's your GPA? What's your SAT score? Although, of course, that matters. And, and, you know, ask Wake Forest, ask Duke, ask Boston College Mm -hmm. whether they can recruit the way everybody else does. Some fans roll their eyes and say we exaggerate. I've come to believe that it's underestimated how important such things are, including at Georgia Tech, because you know the deal, Tony. If you and I were kings of the college football universe and we could plop somebody down on the best real estate, it might be Atlanta, where you have oh. Florida to your south. You're surrounded by the Peach State. You've got Alabama and Louisiana to your west. You've got the Carolinas to your north. I mean, holy cow. It's like, you know, starting an oil company while located in the middle of the Middle East. And yet Georgia Tech hasn't been able to sort of, at least lately, hasn't been able to ramp up the way others in that geography have done. Yeah, and, and the only guy who's really been able to do it was George O'Leary. Uh, you know, since since Bobby Ross in the '90s, and then and others, uh, George O'Leary pretty much went toe to toe with Georgia and did well. Uh, I think he won. Jim Don- Jim Donald was fired because he lost his last three uh, to Georgia Tech. Yeah. So, and, and again, there's a lot of great players in Georgia and a lot of great players surrounding Atlanta. The question is, how many of those great players can Georgia Tech convince to come play in downtown Atlanta and academically? Uh, do the do the work, Tony. 
mgcollegesports.com. Also, the SEC Network, 680 The Fan in Atlanta. He is on Twitter at Mr. CFB. All right, the big news here was the dismissal of Larry Fedora and the hiring of 67-year-old Mac Brown. I'm trying to remember what you were doing back when Johnny Majors was at Pitt the first time and the second time. <laughs> and, and, and I really, I'm not predicting what's next for Mac Brown. I'm just bringing up a historical perspective. When Johnny Majors was at Pitt the first time in the 1970s, he led the Panthers to some of their greatest days ever, period. And when he tried to come back, what, almost 20 years later, it was an absolute train wreck. Yes. What, what are you, and, and I'm not saying every, you know, going home again example was a train wreck. John Robinson had some success the second time at Southern Cal. Bill Walsh, some success the second time at Stanford. But even those ended poorly. What do you think? What, what's your initial take about 67-year-old Mac Brown trying to rekindle some of that magic from the 1990s? Well, two things. Number one, those jobs you talk about, the, the pits, the, for example, the Pittsburgh job, uh, the North Carolina job is so much better. There's so much more uh, that you can do at North Carolina as opposed to playing in downtown Pittsburgh. Secondly, none of those guys was Mac Brown. Uh, Mac Brown is, uh, you know, obviously he could sell, he could sell ice to Eskimos. I mean, he, he's just, he's, he's an incredible salesman. And he is one of the youngest 67-year-old people uh, that I know. And I think when he was there the first time, he built a tremendous uh, relationship with the high school coaches in the state of North Carolina. And then there was some of that that needed to be done. He's the one that got North Carolina started on the, uh, on the facilities that they would need. Yeah. And he, has, he, he understands what it's going to take. So I, I think he comes in and tries to stabilize the situation, ramp up recruiting, and then figure out what to do next. Tony Barnhart is joining us on the David Glenn Show. If you were on that committee that put out its most recent rankings last night, would you have had Ohio State with the better win but the worst loss uh, ahead of or behind the Oklahoma Sooners who, uh, in the committee's eyes, are still ahead? I would have had Oklahoma fifth. Uh, their only loss was a three-point loss on a neutral site to Texas, uh, a loss that they may have a chance to avenge which they will have a chance to avenge. But uh, Ohio, knowing that Ohio State's right there, and I'm, frankly, if, 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 <laughs> if Oklahoma gives up 45 points again and Ohio State just absolutely boat races Northwestern, then I think it's going to be a really, really hard decision for the committee. But I, I don't know what the committee – until I see those games on Saturday, yeah. I have no idea what the committee's going to do. What other variables are lingering out there as you see it? Because I think we Notre Dame, of course, is in. Alabama right. and Clemson with victories are in. Yep. Um, could Georgia's Georgia's got to win, right? Georgia's got to win. I I know people have well people have made the case that Georgia could get in with a loss if everybody lost. Yeah. Okay. And and, and Georgia's competing with a two loss uh, Ohio State or a two loss Oklahoma. Right. Okay, I get that, yeah. but I, I I think that's. I think that's a long shot at best. To me, other than the the uh, Oklahoma Ohio State variable, is what if Georgia beats Alabama with a field goal at the end? Yeah, Alabama would be sitting there at twelve and one. The committee is charged with putting the four best teams. I'm not leaving not the them four, out. Not the four conference championships. Right. The four best teams 
And I talked to Gary Danielson yesterday. He says, how could you look at Alabama <laughs> and not say they're one of the four best teams in the country? And, and to me, that's how Alabama could, if they don't win, they could backdoor this thing and take up another spot, which just, David, just for the entertainment value oh, alone oh. of, watching, of watching Jim Delaney, bless him, uh, <laughs> that would be so entertaining. And in your hypothetical there, just so everybody is clear, of course, Notre Dame is in under every scenario. Yep. I've seen Pitt all year long. There is there is a a less than 1% chance that Pitt can knock off Clemson. So I'm assuming Clemson is in. And in Tony's scenario, remember, it would be Georgia and Alabama of the SEC gobbling up both other spots. So no Big 12, regardless of Oklahoma. No Big 10, regardless of Ohio State. And we all know no Pac-12 already. So uh, there would be some some uh, restless natives if that if it unfolded that way. <laughs> three, of, three of the five power conferences would not get in. And, oh, my goodness. How quickly can we get to eight? So How I, quickly can we well, get to eight? Well, that's what I have to ask you as we let you go. <laughs> On Twitter, at Mr. College Football, remind us of the contract years left, The if there's any way to revisit the format during those contract years left, and just your personal opinion about the wisdom or likelihood of finding an eight-team bracket, uh, even though most of us agree four, the four-team bracket beats the heck out of what we had for 100 years prior to it. Fifth year on a 12-year deal with a four-team playoff. Uh, my understanding is if everybody agreed that you could revisit and look in on it. But I'm telling you, <laughs> the, pe- the people that I talk to who actually run college football, yeah. who make these decisions, not the media, not the coaches, not all that, the people who actually run it are absolutely thrilled. Okay? They're absolutely thrilled with the college football playoff. We, nobody ever promised that, that nobody would get mad right. and nobody would get their feelings hurt, okay? And the idea that this thing is not working because somebody's going to get left out, that was always the intent, David. Yeah. The intent was who's going to get left out. That was going to be the, the, the engine or the, uh, the energy that drove the engine. And I'm not, I, don't, I don't see a change anytime soon. If you're the king for the day, do you believe eight is better? No, I don't. No. And I know, I, I'm getting to be a minority in that group. But it's just, what somebody put it, what's worst? Leaving out teams that are good enough to be in or putting in teams who are not good enough to be mm. in. I do, a, do a one versus eight that goes 55 to nothing, okay? I just I just think it's more important to put teams who deserve – and some get left out, then so be it. But it's not as bad as putting in teams that don't deserve to be there. Tony Barnhart, find more of his wisdom and wit at TMGCollegeSports.com, on Twitter at Mr. CFB, M-R-C-F-B. As always, thanks for the time, especially at such a great time of year. Appreciate it on the David Glenn Show. Bye, DG. Take care. You got it.